I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Landlord, Act 2, Part 2. Exterior, Canaan Doom Road, night. Ava runs in the dark, frantic and exhausted, not knowing where she's going. A car pulls up from behind her. Ava turns, waves wildly, face stained with tears. Help! Help! The car stops. The driver rolls down the window. It's Mrs. White. Dr. Daniels sits in the passenger seat. Mrs. White steps out of the car, concern on her face. Goodness! Please, I need your help. Mrs. White turns to Dr. Daniels. He nods. Get in, dear. Gently, Mrs. White takes Ava by the arm, guides her into the back seat, slams the door shut. Interior, hospital lobby, day. Mika fidgets in her seat. She's a nervous wreck. A young mother across from her nurses a newborn baby. It's a sweet, tender moment. Instinctively, Mika smiles. Flashback to the horrifying image of the leeches sucking from Max. Back to scene. Mika averts her eyes, suddenly disgusted. The lobby door opens as David enters from outside. What did the cops say? They don't know what happened. No sign of Brandon, just his car. David sits next to her, visibly anxious and stressed. This is so fucked! And we thought we were escaping. What does that mean? 
I'm, I'm saying, messed up shit happens no matter where you go. We don't know what happened. Whatever happened, it's not good. And it's my fault. I never said that. You didn't have to, Mika. I'm the one who screwed up, lost everything and moved us here, right? Mika looks into David's bulging, bloodshot eyes. His chest heaves up and down. He's like a stranger. My fault that you need a surrogate. I'm sorry about Brandon. I really am. But there's something else going on with you. David's phone dings. On his phone, a stock update. Brocoin trends severely downward. Can you stop with the phone for two seconds? Irate, David stands up and kicks his chair across the room. David! Other hospital visitors, including the mother and newborn, quickly move away from the scene. Security walks over. All my fault! David storms out of the hospital before the security guards make him. Mika is left shaken. The nursing mother approaches her. My ex was like that. It only gets worse. We're going through a lot. He's not normally like this. They've all got a monster side to them. And if you have kids, run. The mom finds another seat elsewhere. From behind, a female nurse touches Mika's shoulder. You can see her now. Interior, hospital room, day. Lying in a hospital bed, Ava stares at the ceiling. She's in shock. Mika stands by her side, touches her arm. Her family has been informed. Doctor says she's stable, but we'll understand more once the shock wears off. She wasn't hurt? No, just severely dehydrated. She was fine last night. You'd be surprised how the body responds to stress. The nurse leaves the room as Mika looks into Ava's distant, blank brown eyes. Something is wrong. As she comes closer, Mika notices Ava's eyelashes wriggling like insect tentacles. The hairs on both the bottom and top water lines move toward each other in a mesmerizing formation. Entranced, Mika holds her breath. She's unable to take her eyes off the grotesque scene. Ava blinks. Her eyelids make a small, squelching sound. Mika looks again. Ava's eyes have returned to normal. Exterior, the bungalow. Garden, day. A sweltering fall day. Mika selects flowers from a blooming bush. She holds up the bouquet to admire. Super, day 325. Mika picks up the water hose to spray the garden. Nothing comes out. It's broken. Annoyed, she tosses it to the side. Mrs. White and Dr. Daniels go by on their daily walk. That green thumb of yours is giving me a run for my money. Mika smiles gratefully. You both still coming by tomorrow to help with the root cellar? We'll be there. I'm making my famous lemon bars a fair bribe, I promise you. Mrs. White spins Dr. Daniels around, heading home. And keep those marigolds moist. <laughs> Interior, living room, day. A very pregnant Denise, 30s, wholesome and motherly, sips a diet soda. From the sofa, she's in a staring match with Max the cat, whose eye twitches. Drool seeps from his open mouth. Uncomfortable, Denise looks away. Mika enters from the kitchen with a bouquet in a vase. <laughs> Sorry about him. He hasn't been the same since he fell into the creek. She brings the flowers to Denise, who takes them happily. Mika, these are beautiful. I thought you might like the smell of them. Maybe the babies will, too. <laughs> I'd love to see the nursery. David's working in there right now. Don't know what he'll do when the twins move in. Is he excited? 
Hard to tell. He hasn't been the same since Brandon disappeared. Sometimes he seems really excited and then... My husband was the same way with our first, but once that baby was here, <laughs> it just clicked. I swear, he turned into super dad overnight. He could hardly wait for the next one. Denise touches her stomach. Oh, they always kick when I'm here. You think they can sense? I do. Wanna feel? Mika considers for a moment. Uh, not right now. Hmm. Interior, office, day. David, sweaty and disheveled, hunches over at his desk. The blinds are closed. A half-built Ikea crib sits in the corner. On his computer screen, several windows are open. Crypto prices and stock market charts, half-written emails. An article with Brandon's photo reads, Brocoin flounders, all hype without its hype man? David doesn't even look up as Mika walks in. Denise just left. Who? Denise, the surrogate? You didn't tell me she was coming. It's so stale in here. She opens a window. David winces as sunlight pours in. Did you make the surrogacy payment? What do you mean? The agency called. They said the installment is late. I'll pay it tomorrow. It's 45 days late. I said I'll pay it. Mika stares at him. He stares back, barely recognizable. Anything else? The hose is broken. Again. What do you want me to do about it? Fix it or call Johannes. You've got his number. The computer screen catches Mika's eye as she notices the picture of Brandon. David quickly turns off the monitor. I need to work, Mika. Nag me later. Frustrated, Mika storms out. Interior, bedroom, night. It's late. Mika gets out of bed as David sleeps. Interior, office, night. At David's computer, Mika looks through the various tech articles and news. Nothing she doesn't already know. She's about to give up when an email pops up with the subject, urgent. Interior, bedroom, moments later. Mika storms in, turns on the light, and yanks the blanket off David. He's groggy and confused. Mika holds up a piece of paper in front of him. What's that? Brocoin's value is shit. Dogecoin isn't this worthless. Your lies and recklessness Stop. have put my investment at risk. I'm not going to tolerate any more of your dilatory tactics. The time for excuses is over. David hops out of bed, lunges at the printed email in Mika's hand. She dodges him, continues reading out loud. Make this right or I swear to God, I will tear your life apart. Enough! David slumps onto the floor. Why is this guy saying this? What did you do? It wasn't me. It was Brandon. You're going to blame the guy who's been missing for months? He made promises to investors that he couldn't keep. I had no idea. It was smoke and mirrors, all of it. So what does that mean? It means I'm broke. What about our savings? David opens his bank app on his phone, shows Mika the balance. That's it? It's enough for two months, maybe. The reality of the situation fully hits Mika. David, we're about to have two kids, babies, relying on us. Why do you think I've been so fucking stressed? You convinced me to do the surrogacy. Then you gamble everything and don't tell me? I was scared. I told you not to trust him again. I know. I know. You're... She stops herself before she can say anything she'll regret. Useless. Pathetic. I know. You're a coward. Interior. Bart Station. Night. Flashback. Late night. 
underground at the BART train station. It's mostly empty. Super, two years ago. Mika and David stumble down an escalator, tipsy and laughing. They head to the ticket machine where David struggles to buy passes. He presses all the wrong buttons. How do I? We're, we're gonna miss the last train. I told you we should have taken an Uber. Here, let, let me do it. Mika playfully pushes him away and takes his credit card. Interior, BART train, night, flashback. The train doors are about to close. Mika and David push through just in time. There's no one else inside. Nice, an empty car. Thank God, I think I make puke. They sit in a center row. David puts his arm around her. The car door opens as a teen couple enter from an adjoining car. The teen girl wears sunglasses as the teen boy yanks her by the arm. The tension between them is palpable. David doesn't pay them attention, but Mika watches closely. Hey, I, I think I know that kid. Really? Yeah, he was one of my students a few years back, got expelled. For what? He brought a gun to school. Crazy. Without warning, the boy reaches a hand back and slaps his girlfriend. Her glasses fly off her face and land on the aisle floor. Hey! Mika immediately stands up. David pulls her back down. We've got to do something. Wait till the next stop. You're really going to sit there and watch this? There's nothing we can do. Let go of me. Mika walks up to the couple directly. The girl looks away. Not sure if you remember me. I was your teacher at Hardin. The teen looks her up and down with disdain. I don't know you. Fuck off. Are you okay? The girl won't look at her. I can help you. The boy gets up. He's inches from Mika's face. Did you hear me? I said go sit the fuck down. Mika turns to a bewildered David who's still seated. <laughs> Your man isn't gonna do shit, are you? David looks like a deer in headlights. Can't even respond. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Mika heads to the intercom located at the end of the train car. She pushes the button to speak to the train operator. Before she can get through, her head is forcibly jerked back as the teen yanks her ponytail, sending her backwards. David stands up, but remains at a distance. Mika! Mika lunges at the intercom again. This time, the teen grabs her by the neck. Mika fights back, kicks him in the groin. He tackles her to the ground and they scuffle. The boy takes out a switchblade. Miki doesn't even see it as he stabs her. She gasps, looks down at the wound in her lower abdomen. She falls to her knees, shocked by the profuse bleeding. 
The teen stabs her again. David runs over to her, finally. The train comes to a stop. Come on! The teen grabs his girlfriend. As the train doors open, the couple run out of the train. Three-car Fremont train now boarding platform two. David cradles Mika as her vision goes black, and the train fills with the screams of horrified riders. Interior, bedroom, night, back to present. Mika is exhausted from reliving the trauma. I knew what you were before we left San Francisco. Having kids with you was a mistake. David looks like he wants to cry. He meets the eyes of Max, who sits in a corner. Max breathes loudly, his mouth agape. Interior, cellar, same. Below the floorboards of the bungalow, in the darkness, we hear excited, irregular breathing. Then it stops. Interior, bedroom, same. Mika looks down at David. So what now? We go to bed. She takes a pillow off the bed, throws it to him. Interior, Mrs. White's cellar, day. It's dark and dank. Old antiques and decaying furniture. David, soiled with dust and sweat, picks up a box to bring up to the house. He trips, sends the box flying. Super, day 326. Dr. Daniels peeks in, shines a flashlight below. You need some help? I'm fine. As he picks up the items from the fallen box, he notices a pair of raggedy, stained Gucci slippers. Interior, Mrs. White's sitting room, day. The Halloween spirit is alive and well in Mrs. White's house. Carved pumpkins, cobwebs, fake skeletons adorn the room. Mika sorts through old photographs on the floor. Mrs. White carries in a tray of mulled wine and cups. David isn't very handy, is he? I told you. Mrs. White pours Mika a cup of the warm wine. I bet trick-or-treaters love your house. <laughs> My dear, we haven't had a trick-or-treater since 1988. Dr. Daniels wheels in, holds up the grimy slippers like a victory prize. David behind him. I used to wear these every day. I'm sure you can get them cleaned. He can't. They're cursed. It's true. The last time I wore them, I murdered a man. That's his blood right there. Ooh, it wasn't murder. He was an intruder. You did what had to be done. You're a hero, far as I'm concerned. Wait, you're serious? About 10 years ago, I was making a casserole for the neighborhood potluck, like I always do. Had it cooking in a cast iron skillet. Tastes better that way. I go to take it out of the oven and oh, it was perfection. That's when I saw a deranged young man climbing through the kitchen window. He meant to rob us, of course. These criminals think elderly folks are low-hanging fruit. That was his mistake. Before he could finish worming his way through, I took that hot skeleton and brought it down on his head, crushed it again and again. I don't know how many times. His teeth smashed all over the kitchen counter. They sounded like hard little candies, tap dancing. And by the end of it, I couldn't tell what was casserole and what was his brain. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
The room is painfully silent after this gruesome revelation. Wow. That is very, very horrible. I'll say it again. He did what had to be done. The police agreed. But I can never bring myself to wear these again. And Mrs. White is right. You protected your home and your family. Mika shoots David a pointed look. Mrs. White catches this. Family is the most important thing. You two will understand that soon enough. You'll do anything to protect those precious babies. Mika holds up an old photo. It's an image of two Victorian-era families standing next to each other. Is this your family? Mrs. White takes the sepia-toned picture, nods. We don't like to think about those days, do we, brother? Dr. Daniel says nothing, still in reverie over his slippers. Mrs. White points to a wiry, sneering teen boy. Recognize this little pissant? Wow, it's Johannes. David looks over at the photo. What was he like? Hmm, lazy, spoiled. Only 16 and already corrupted by greed and malice. The typical Lathamal family traits. He broke my legs for fun. But why? Dr. Daniels made friends with a little Chumash boy in the village. A nice boy. The Lathamalds didn't like that. Johannes a bigot? What a shock. One day, Johannes saw them playing together, pushed my baby brother into the creek. He's been in that chair ever since. <laughs> and even worse, the Lathamald blamed the whole thing on that Chumash boy. What year was this? Can't find anything online about his family. Get off the phone and listen to what I tell you. One second, you missed a, uh, we missed a narrative. I'm so sorry. Uh, no. I was give just me, dying uh, to bitch slap him. What year was this? Can't find anything online about his family. David looks at his phone. Mrs. White rolls her eyes. Get off the phone and listen to what I tell you. Anyway, that lie gave the Lathmalts the perfect reason to run the Chumash off the land for good. Over 160 men were killed, including people in my family. But after it was all said and done, the Lathmalts were finally able to purchase the land. Mika and David look at each other, overwhelmed. Mrs. White gets up from her seat. More mulled wine? Exterior, Mrs. White's house, night. Mrs. White walks David and Mika out. Thank you, again. It's the least we could do. You're the reason why my garden is thriving. Can't say I'm eagerly awaiting the next cellar adventure. You know, most of these old bungalows were built with cellars. Not ours. Ooh, I wouldn't be so sure. Mrs. White smiles, closes the door. Yeah, they're nuts. Interior, hallway, day. Mika stares down the hall. Her eyes search for something. She peeks in the hallway closet. It's just hanging coats. Super, day 352. David, excited, runs out from the office. Do you hear that? Hear what? Never mind. Come here, I want to show you something. Interior, office, day. The two Ikea cribs are fully built, though wobbly. David looks to Mika for a reaction. What do you think? She's not impressed. I know there's a lot more we have to do, but I figure it's a start. 
At least when the babies arrive to a shitty house with a freaky landlord and unemployed parents, they'll have somewhere to sleep. Mika walks away before David can say anything. I'm trying, Mika. Interior, kitchen, day. A cloudy, rainy day. At the counter, Mika browses teaching jobs on her laptop. Super, day 356. The doorbell rings. Mika looks out the window where a distraught woman with a child stands at the door. This is Gina Evans, 30s, and Maddie Evans, 3. Gina pounds on the door. David emerges. Who is that? I have no idea. Interior, front door, moments later. Mika stands behind David as he opens the door. Gina looks confused to see their faces. Where the hell is my husband? Interior, living room, day. Gina is on the sofa as little Maddie chases the cats around. Mika sits nearby with David. I've called, emailed, texted, nothing. Never said he moved. Just vanished. The police know nothing. Were you guys broken up? I mean, it's complicated. Maddie and I have been with my mom in Vermont. Maybe he had a drug problem. David. It explained the erratic behavior. Gina looks at her son, pained. As soon as we moved in, the drinking started. I didn't stop to think anything of it until he stopped going to work. Turns out, he got fired and never told me. I know how that goes. Tim and I had our problems, but we both wanted to make it work. I moved out because of Johannes. What do you mean? Oh, come on. <laughs> you must have noticed the guy's a freak. Well, yeah. Well, when Tim lost his job, that fucker wouldn't leave us alone. He started showing up unannounced, calling constantly, always lurking. It was terrifying. Tim didn't want to say anything or cause any problems. Maddie runs past his mom, pretending to be an airplane. The cellar was the last straw. Wait, you haven't seen it? Interior, hallway, day. Gina opens the closet. She moves the hanging coats out of the way. There's a door latch on the floor in the back. Mika and David watch, shocked. This whole time? Narnia's real. Gina pulls the creaky door open. She motions to the steps leading down into the dark cellar. Maddie watches, scared. He clings to Gina. I'm not going back down there. Interior, cellar. Moments later. Mika climbs down the rickety stairs, followed by David. They use flashlights to look around. It reeks! On the cellar floor, a makeshift pallet of blankets. Someone has been sleeping here recently. David, look! David walks to the corner where Mika stands. She points to a pile of animal bones. Some trash is littered in the corner as well. Used tissues, band-aids, and... What's this? He holds up a string attached to a wad of soiled cotton. Mika puts her hand to her mouth. He realizes it's a used tampon. Oh my god, no! David throws it across the room, disgusted. What the hell is going on? Exterior, bungalow, night. Gina holds Maddie by the hand as Mika walks them to their car. Gina takes out her cell phone. Here's a picture of him. Will you let me know if you see anything? Gina shows her a photo of Tim carrying baby Maddie on his back. Tattoos cover his arms. Quick flashback. 
Johannes's party. A brittle man gives Mika a Lego piece. His haunted eyes plead with Mika. It's Tim. Back to present. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Mika is inwardly disturbed by her sudden realization. Of course. Deep down, you know you should leave. She lifts Maddie into his car seat. I'll be glad you don't have kids. When I went down into that cellar, I found baby blankets and toys. God knows what Johannes wanted with them. Again, Mika represses internal panic. Interior, bedroom, night. Mika paces the room. David sits in a chair. How do you know it was him? I just do, David. He had the same tattoos, same face, everything. Just 60 pounds lighter. Jesus. Mrs. White was right. Mrs. White, she knew about the cellar. She knows more. She's nice, but she's a kook. So what should we do? Go to the cops? We can't prove anything. Then we should leave. Move out. What about the lease? It's almost up. We can't afford to move. So you don't want to ask Mrs. White. You don't want to go to the police, and you don't want to leave. What the hell should we do then? The first thing we should do is confront Johannes. Work it out directly. That's your plan? We can't be afraid of him. You don't have to do that. Do what? There's confronting shit, and then there's being dumb. And cornering that psycho is dumb. David is offended. Mika doesn't care. She turns out the lights and gets in bed. I'm talking to Mrs. White tomorrow. Interior, living room, night. David lies on the sofa, made up as a bed. He stares into the darkness, thoughts racing. Exterior, bungalow, night. Johannes's truck sits outside in the dark. The engine idles. Exterior, Mrs. White's garden, day. A lovely, vibrant garden of flowers, herbs, and vegetables. Mika and Mrs. White sit at a table under the patio awning. Super, day 357. So, you found the cellar. We think Johannes has been sleeping down there. Mrs. White sips her tea before answering. Of course he has. What? Pick up your jaw from the floor, dear. I came here for answers, please. And I don't know if you're ready to hear them. I can't bring children into that home if it's dangerous. Too late. He won't let you go. The blood drains from Mika's face. Where's David? Exterior. Johannes' home. Same. David walks up to Johannes' front door. Nervous, he takes a deep breath. Knocks. Exterior. Mrs. White's backyard. Same. Mika is confused by Mrs. White's question. David is running errands. What do you mean Johannes won't let us leave? He's got to eat. Enough with the allegories and the metaphors. Exterior. Johannes's home. Same. David peeks through the window. All the lights are off. He goes back to the door and slowly reaches for the knob. Exterior. Mrs. White's backyard. Same. Mika waits for Mrs. White to respond. 
Johannes was always a greedy son of a bitch. But after the Chumash were run off, he personified the very worst of his character. Wasn't long before we all realized he had become something else. What, like, like a killer? A leech. This isn't the time for jokes. Do I look like I'm clowning around? Mrs. White's face is hard and serious. Johannes is a leech. A big, fat, thirsty leech. And I'm not talking in metaphors here. Drink your tea. Interior, Johannes' home, same. David is inside the house. It's empty, stale, quiet. This makes David even more nervous. Johannes? It's me, David. He walks slowly, surveys the house. It's worse in daytime. Dark, oily stains on the carpets. A groan comes from a room upstairs. Startled, David takes out a small switchblade from his pocket. He clings to the knife as he makes his way up the stairs. Johannes, we need to talk. Hallway. The groaning returns, louder. David looks down the hall where he notices a door at the end. He's drawn to it. David's heart thumps in his chest and all the way to his ears as he gets closer to the door. He tries to calm his irregular breathing as he swings the door open. David is shocked by what he sees. He lets out a whimper. In the closet, a dozen emaciated corpses in various stages of decomposition lean against a wall, chained together. It's a horrific scene. They're illuminated only by the natural light. Some of the corpses stir. They're alive. A male corpse extends a bony hand towards David. David, it's me. David is frozen in fear. The sound of his own name confuses him. He turns on his phone's light, puts it on the man. David immediately recognizes the man as... Brandon? Exterior. Mrs. White's backyard, same. Mika rubs her face, tries to digest Mrs. White's revelation. Let's say, for the sake of argument, that Johannes is a human leech. Why is he sneaking around our house? Johannes is tied to that creek behind the bungalow. The same way an umbilical cord connects a baby to its mother. That creek is his life source. Without it, he can't replenish. He can't reproduce. Reproduce? If you don't believe me, ask your friend. Who? The pretty girl we brought to the hospital. This startles Mika. Ava? What does she have to do with this? Dr. Daniels and I are the ones who found her. You saw it in her eyes, didn't you? Uh, How did you know? Ask Ava what happened that night we picked her up on Canaan Doom. Scared to death of him. Interior, Johannes' home. Closet, same. David frantically tries to loosen the ties on Brandon's hands and feet. He notices huge bite marks on Brandon's neck, arms, and thighs. The sight makes him more frantic. That sick monster! Hurry! I'm here, buddy. You'll be okay. Bro. Coin. Yeah, it's gone to shit. We'll talk about that later, though. Finally, the ties are loose enough to get Brandon's fragile limbs out. 
From elsewhere, the pained groaning sounds return. It's joined by voices of men arguing. David looks towards the noise, conflicted. The groans grow louder as he makes the decision. I'll be right back, okay? Don't. Don't. You're getting out of here. All of you. The ones who are alive look to him, too weak to understand. David follows the groans that have evolved into screams. Then the screams abruptly stop. Sweat drips down David's face as he fumbles with his phone. He dials 911, but the call fails. No bars. At the opposite end of the hall, a door opens. The voices are coming from there. Exterior, Mrs. White's backyard, same. Mrs. White refills Mika's cup with more tea. But what does he want from us? If he's really a leech, that means he wants to drink your blood. But it's better for him if you're alive. What the hell does that mean? As his tenants, you're his debt slaves. He'll deplete you of your energy and resources until there's nothing left but your flesh. At that point, you're only good to eat. But don't worry. As long as you work and produce, you'll avoid the dinner plate. <laughs> Mika is speechless. Mrs. White blows on her hot tea. Although, none of the previous tenants seemed to make the cut. Interior, Johannes' home. Hallway, same. David puts his ear to the door where he can hear the muffled voices of Johannes and Fred. He's not yours to take. You can't hold all the food to yourself. Watch yourself. I'm tired of your crap. You will respect me, boy. The groans have stopped, but the sickening, monstrous sounds of flesh tearing and ripping apart replace them. Exterior, Mrs. White's backyard, same. Mika stands to leave, zips up her coat. Where did you say your husband was? Why are you so worried about him? Interior, Johannes's home, hallway, same. Unable to help himself, David must look. He cracks open the door a little more to reveal just a sliver of the horror. In the room, Johannes and Fred, enlarged, engorged, and bloody fight over the remnants of a carcass like wild animals. David is already in his grip. He's got the same fuzzy, dazed stare they all get. Johannes will use him for a time, but when he's done, he'll toss David to the side like old chicken bones. David watches in horror, too stunned to move or even breathe. He drops his phone. Johannes and Fred immediately halt their gruesome meal, look to the cracked door. Johannes roars savagely as he throws the bloody head of the carcass. The head lands at David's feet. He looks down to see the eyes of Tim Evans staring back at him. David screams. You good? Make him keep doing it. <laughs> Interior, Mrs. White's backyard, day. In disbelief, Mika struggles to find words. This isn't why I came. You came here for answers, and that's what you got. I don't believe you. Belief makes no difference. Mrs. White shakes her head as Mika runs to the side gate. End of Act Two.
Excellent. Hopefully there's going to be lunch. Yeah. <laughs> hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.